Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I hope you are doing well today, wherever you are listening from. I wanted to say a huge thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you are enjoying the content and liking what I have to say so far in these books. So yeah, um, and I'm so sorry that I've been a bit MIA in the last few weeks. I promise that the uploads will be more consistent. I just had to take some time off personally. So yeah, I just want to say a huge thank you for listening. And I think this is where we should start today's episode. I've wanted to do an episode on We Were Lies for so long now. And I believed that it should have been the first episode out on this podcast. But it just didn't feel right at the time to start off with this book because of how indifferent people felt about this novel. We Were Liars by E. Lockhart is a standalone novel which looks into the world of the privileged. The best way I would describe this book is it is a young adult mystery thriller novel. As the blurb of this book doesn't provide a whole lot of details, I would like to take the time now to give a warning that if you haven't read this book and you are interested in reading it, please pause the podcast here and go read it first, then come back after you've read it because there are going to be major spoilers ahead of this podcast that includes the reveal of the pot twist. I don't normally do this as it's kind of a given in all my podcast episodes containing spoilers, but I find it necessary for this book as I don't want to take away from people's experience of this novel. Please bear with me as I try to do my best to summarize this plot in this book. Okay, well, okay, well, We Were Lives is about the Sinclair family who are rich and come from old money. Cadence Sinclair is the eldest granddaughter of Harris Sinclair and Tipper Taff. They have three daughters, Cadence's mother, who is Penny, and her two aunts, Carrie and Bess. Carrie herself has two children, Johnny and Will, while Bess has four children, Mirren, Liberty, Bonnie and Taff. Every summer, the entire Sinclair family venture out to Beechwood, their private island off the coast of Massachusetts, near Martha's Vineyard. The older cousins, Cadence, Johnny, Mirren, and Gat Patel, who is Kerry's new boyfriend's nephew, are referred to as the Liars. The story begins back in summer 15 when Cadence is 15 and she and Gat first fall in love. During the summer, Cadence suffers from a serious head injury when she was out swimming. As a result, her memories of the events that happened that summer is a little patchy. Cadence now suffers from migraines and uses Percocet to help her cope with her headaches. But she becomes addicted and has to repeat her school year again because she keeps missing out on school. She is advised to leave with her father on a trip to Europe for the summer instead of going to Beechwood. And while she's traveling Europe, she feels disconnected from her cousins and starts emailing them, but she never gets a reply. Jumping forward to summer 17, when Cadence is finally back in Beechwood with the rest of her family for the summer. She has realized much has changed, like her grandfather having dementia and that they have a newly renovated Claremont house, which everyone is referring to as New Claremont. This place has none of the old charms of the previous Claremont house. The liars are acting weird and a bit strange around Cadence after her accident 
and refuse to talk about it. They don't like New Claremont, but instead they all hang out at Cuddledown, which was formerly the residence of Aunt Bess and her family. As Cadence slowly starts to remember the events that happened during summer 15, she remembers that after Grandma Tipper passed away, her mother and her aunts all started to argue over their inheritance. Even though all of the sisters were highly educated and wealthy and had the means to get a proper job, they all still relied on their father for money. Tired of hearing the aunts bickering, the Lies decided to take matters into their own hands and devise a plan to burn down Claremont to send a message and stop the feuding. But they hadn't accounted for their grandfather's dogs. And so while trying to rescue the dogs, the lies were unsuccessful and the dogs do eventually die. Gat goes up to Cadence and asks her if she remembers anything else from that night. And she finally says that she also remembers Johnny, Mirren and Gat dying in that same fire as well. And so after confronting that truth, she leaves for Cuddle Down to visit the Lies one last time before Johnny, Mirren, and Gat dive into that ocean forever. Wow. Okay. Well, I hope that summary was easy enough to follow. I kind of want to take a closer look at who wrote this masterpiece of a book, and that would be the author E. Lockhart. So I first heard of E. Lockhart back in 2016 through this exact same novel, actually. The reason that I discovered this book was from one particular YouTube video. And if you are anything like me, pre-Emma Chamberlain and Mr. Beast content, I had watched UK YouTubers like Joe Sugg and Casper Lee. But the video specifically that I am mentioning is Zoella's book club video where she had mentioned this book and I have to be honest out of all the books that she had on that list that month this one didn't particularly excite me so I didn't seek out a copy or even give this book a chance. I was also confused about who Elok Hart was as an author. I didn't know if she had done previous works up until this point. I had absolutely no idea who this person was. E. Lockhart goes by the name Emily Jenkins. That's her actual real name. E. Lockhart is her pen name she uses. The E in E. Lockhart stands for her actual name, Emily. And Lockhart is actually her mother's maiden name. I really like the idea of an author using a pen name because it's interesting and exciting. E. Lockhart is an American author, well known for her other works as well, like the novel Again Again and the popular children's series Ruby Oliver Quartet. When I started reading this book, I found it a little hard to get into that flow state of obsessing over this novel. The writing style that E. Lockhart has used for this book isn't everyone's cup of tea. I would best describe the writing in this novel as like a poem, where it is more up to your interpretation of the scene and how it plays out. It really is just very descriptive and choppy. Like, she will string together sentences with words that, when read, don't form a cohesive sentence in my mind. Only now, when having read this book, I look back on it and I kind of understand why she chose to write this book the way she did. Because she was able to give the readers just enough information to keep the readers engaged in the content of what the story is trying to describe, while also not revealing the 
big secret and the plot twist at the end. Reading this book for the first time, I definitely could not predict that Johnny Mirren Gat died because of a house fire. I mean, I knew that there was going to be a plot twist in this novel, but the way E. Lockhart had written the novel, I just thought Cadence had permanent amnesia or that she drowned in the water and she somehow woke up from a coma two years later. So to successfully pull off the plot twist like that and have me not suspect it was really well done. And I really enjoyed finding out the truth about this whole incident. I also just want to say that it took everything in me not to flip through to the few last pages and read what happened before I finished the book chronologically. I usually like to see if the ending is a happy one or if I'll need tissues and the fact that I was entertained enough to stop me from finding out the plot twist early is a testament to how good a writer E. Lockhart actually is. Everything about this book, from the idea to the execution of the writing of this novel, was absolute genius, and I have to give respect to E. Lockhart as a writer. So this book is based on Cadence's point of view, as she is the main character. And so it really is a one-sided novel, as there aren't many details on the events that happened during the time jump in this novel. I can see why and understand they only wrote this novel from Cadence's point of view as to not confuse the reader as there is quite a lot happening in the novel. But in saying that, I felt like at times during this novel, there were scenes that didn't have a whole lot of events happening. There were just pure conversations. Katie and Gat's interactions were mostly based on conversations they had. As an example, I would say that Gat trying to convey the message that Katie's grandfather, Harris, had a bigotry attitude towards his uncle and himself didn't really progress the story in that moment when he was trying to like have a conversation with her. But the actions of Harris later on really highlighted Gat's point. Sticking with this topic of, I guess, racism... I felt like this topic played a huge part in why the liars felt like they had to burn down Claremont as a sign of rebellion and to also stop the arguments. The prime example that still sticks in my mind of this happening is when Ed tries to propose to Kerry and she declines his proposal because she knows that if her father Harris ever found out, he would one, disapprove and two, She would lose her inheritance and she really didn't want that happening. Even though her and Ed have been in a happy relationship for years. I felt like this situation alone says a lot about the whole family and not just Carrie and Harris. It's the fact that the whole Sinclair family has this same outlook on life where money and keeping their inheritance are so important that it consumes what their morals are and you ultimately end up losing the people you love. The fact that even Gat at the age of, what, 15 at that point, even saw how blatantly racist this family was from their interactions with him and his uncle just because they came from an Indian background really highlights my point that the Sinclair family is really a white privileged family and they don't want anyone touching their fortune. 
I know that the Sinclair family represents a minority of this population, but the way E. Lockhart has written about racism is shown through Gat, who is this innocent child. I feel like E. Lockhart has introduced a key topic of this novel in a very clever way where Gat and Katie are having open conversations about racism and how people of colour are treated differently. Racism is such a sensitive and controversial topic to bring up in any context, but I did like that bringing up racism did lead to the plot development. What I mean by this is that it led to a natural conclusion. There was a purpose in bringing this topic up. I can see why people might find this book really challenging to finish and in turn they might not have enjoyed this book because of this topic and that's fair enough but racism still happens day to day. People just know not to speak their minds freely when it comes to this topic in particular. I want to speak more about Katie as she is our main character of this novel. I would describe Katie as an unreliable narrator as this book mainly is trying to recover Katie's memories of what happened during summer 15. While all this is happening, she also painted this beautiful and idyllic childhood she had on the island and it makes you kind of sad and reminiscent of her past. I've also noticed something about this book and I'm not sure if anyone else picked up on it but Katie uses the phrase once upon a time as they use at the beginning of fairy tables to reveal the truth about her family in a, in a different light, I guess, but also to develop her character more as she has lost so much already. Katie, from her point of view, really highlights her family's wealth and privilege, which I can personally say I, I can't relate to. It's the fact that there are people like this in this world who just can stand around all day talking about nothing normally while eating and drinking whatever they please as their invisible staff waits on them hand and foot. I also want to point out that I think the reason why we don't see the, the staff on this, you know, on Beechwood Island mentioned in this book is that this is all written from Katie's point of view, right? And I distinctly remember a scene where Gat asks Katie if she knows any people from the waitstaff by name and she doesn't. So in her mind, they don't exist. And so they aren't mentioned until this point where Gat brings them up in a conversation. But the reason why I am bringing all this up is that this book is mostly about the Sinclair's wealth and privilege. The fact that they are so isolated and I guess also shielded from the reality of the real world and its issues, I find it kind of funny as the metaphor is that the island is kind of like a representation of the Sinclair family isolated from the rest of the population and living in that one percentile. Knowing that majority of the readers won't relate to the wealthy side of the St. Clair family, I feel like E. Lockhart makes this final effort to make us relate to Katie in some way so we can walk away feeling like there was a point to all of this mystery. 
But sadly, I feel like she missed the mark on the ending. As right at the end, when we discover that Katie actually, what Katie actually did, there isn't any real punishment apart from Katie losing her memory. But Katie doesn't get punished for something real she did. She caused death. It's like the family didn't even acknowledge that Johnny, Mirren and Gap died. But I guess Katie wasn't there to physically see her family's grief. But in the end, all Katie is left with is the guilt and the burden that she has to carry around of killing her own cousins. In a way, the lies planned to dismantle the Sinclair patriarchy was unsuccessful And they all go back to just living their lives as normal. It's like Johnny, Mirren and Gat never mattered at all to them. Before we wrap up this podcast, I want to touch on the fact that We Were Liars might be getting a TV show or a feature movie adaptation. And as of 2021, there had been rumours of this book getting its own movie and that was also set to be produced by Imperative Entertainment but after a whole year there has not been any sort of development so it's led me to believe it might not be happening but I would not count it out completely because as of recently book talk books that have been trending have been signing movie deals to get it produced in either like I said, a film form or some sort of TV show. I mean, take a look at Where the Crawdads Sing and Daisy Joan and the Six as prime examples. I mean, Where the Crawdads Sing recently released as a movie and Daisy Joan and the Six, a TV show, both based on book talk books. If you haven't heard, We Were Lies has a prequel as well. And it's called Family of Liars, published earlier this year in May. So this book basically takes you back a whole generation. And the book is basically based off of Carrie's point of view. And it is the story that uncovers the ugly truth this family has been hiding from the world. Again, I haven't heard much about this novel, so I'm assuming people have had mixed reactions about this. It's either they love it or they don't like it at all. I personally have not read it. I'm not sure if I'm planning on reading it because I have such a long TBR list and I read so slowly, but hopefully one day I will get the chance to read this book. The blurb of this novel states that you read it and if anyone asks you how it ends, just lie. Well... I'm not going to lie, but I absolutely had a hard time getting through this novel. But once I was hooked, nothing stopped me from finishing it. It is definitely a short read and I would recommend it if you wanted something quick to read. It had elements that I couldn't relate to, like the fact that everyone is so rich. I guess it only encourages you to do more with your life and the saying If you don't come from a rich family, make sure a rich family comes from you, comes to mind, which helps motivate you to keep pushing, to keep making money. But the one thing I could relate to is that Katie 
is the oldest of her four cousins. And while reading the ending, all I remember was this feeling of devastation. I was crying over the fact that she had the biggest hand in killing her own cousins and not remembering. She didn't even miss them. I was frustrated over how she didn't remember this happening earlier. I was yelling at how her brain protected her from reliving that moment of realizing she'd killed all her cousins. I'm the oldest cousins from my mum's side and the four of us used to play every summer just like the liars did. And so I felt for her. But there was no sympathy for her. I just personally felt like if I was put in that situation, the guilt would have ate me up. Because because all of my life, I was taught to protect the younger members of my family. And if they did something wrong, it landed on me because I had to be the responsible one. From the clever planning to the outstanding writing style, E. Lockhart didn't miss a beat with this novel. And I felt like this book held my attention just long enough to make me curious to find out what the plot twist was. And so in saying all of that, I am giving We Were Liars by E. Lockhart a 3 out of 5 stars. Is it worth the hype? I feel like it was. Back when it was trending, and this was some while ago, it was worth the hype. Was it overhyped? I feel like it was underhyped, to be completely honest. And would I recommend this to to other people? I would. I would recommend this to other people because it's something different. It's not something that a lot of people would pick up and immediately enjoy. But I would say to them, push past that. And when you really get your heels into this book, you're really going to enjoy the mystery. All right. Thank you once again for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you haven't already and you're listening on Spotify, please click that follow button. And if you aren't following me on TikTok, it's at the Book Talk Corner podcast. Go over there and follow me and hopefully I will be able to follow you back. All right. Thank you again and I'll see you next week for another podcast. Bye.